Hi, good people, and welcome to Black Women in Wellness, a podcast amplifying the voices of Black women working to create wellness in their communities. I'm your host and the creator of this series, Rachel Heath. And today I'm going to be sharing just an interview I had so much fun doing because I sat down with Cheryl Jackson. I had the pleasure of meeting Cheryl for her Digital Pivot online interview series where I sat down and spoke with her about how I was making the pivot to the digital world with my yoga and meditation courses. But Cheryl, oh wow, her spirit is just so incredibly big and open and she's got so much wonderful information to share. And for this particular interview, we sat down and talked about Cheryl's journey with diet and fitness and wellness um, as a yoga instructor, as a fitness instructor. So let me not give away the interview because I do want you to sit down and and, uh, have a listen. But let me tell you about Cheryl. So Cheryl Jackson is a savvy entrepreneur, business and private yoga wellness coach. She specializes in helping yoga teachers and wellness entrepreneurs to create financial well-being through coaching and online courses. She also helps women struggling with hormone imbalance. This is done through the Conscious Woman Midlife Detox Program, a holistic 90 days step-by-step optimal online private well-being coaching method to transform your life, build a sustainable diet, and wellness habits. So in this little sit down, because that's what I'm going to call it, it was a chit chat between girlfriends in my opinion, Um, Cheryl talked to me about her programs about her journey with hormone imbalance about her journey as a yoga teacher and so much more and uh, I know that there are a lot of really good nuggets in this interview for anyone who's looking to make a change whether it be in your diet or in your career or in your hormones Um, so I'm gonna stop rambling and let you get into the interview. Here goes. So it's it's great to sit down and talk with you right now, Cheryl. And um, I will share your bio with my audience separately. But I do want to ask you, how would you describe what you do in the world of wellness? Um, in the world of wellness, my goal is to empower um, entrepreneurs, especially in the wellness industry, to understand that there is not a separation between our financial wellness and our physical wellness. Right. I think as wellness entrepreneurs, we we are in this mindset of hustle, hustle, hurry, hurry, take care of everyone and not taking care of ourselves. And in order to take really good care of yourself, you have to make sure that you're financially okay. Yes, I think that's an aspect of wellness that's a bit taboo in our society. We don't like talking about money. We especially don't like talking about wanting to have more of it. But we need to have wealth in order to to be able to be well, right? And Absolutely. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about your journey to getting to this place where you are currently coaching wellness providers. 
So I, my background, I graduated college like everyone does with a degree in computer information systems and business administration. So I've always had a love for numbers and a love for business and figuring things out. And I worked in legal and got bored and decided, well, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I want to do my own thing. And that led me into the path of owning my own bookkeeping property management business. And it was a journey getting there. Sometimes people think, oh, well, life just serendipitously happened to me, but it, it, it's, it hasn't, right? And there came a point where I got so stressed out, so tired, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I started thinking, well, how can I incorporate all the things that I've learned throughout my journey and put them together? And that was the first part of my pivot. The first part of my entrepreneurship is putting the bookkeeping and the property management together and realize that when you have an IT background, it kind of sparked that excitement in you of, you know, technology, but it's also draining. And then, you know, fast forward five years ago, I wanted a change again. I wanted to do a different business, but I wasn't sure what it was. And I started practicing yoga. And with yoga, it just brought a different life, a different mindset to me. So I not only did the practice, I went to teacher's training so I could learn more about the practice itself and realize, well, I love this. I want to do more of this. So I started teaching, you know, I was asked to sub a class and I'm like, sure, yes, I have no idea what I'm doing, but why not? So that led me on the journey of, oh, how can I turn this into a business? And it was at that point, I started to look into the whole aspect of yoga business. So I started, um, looking into the whole aspect of you know yoga business how do you how do i make this a business i wanted to a, a, a location i did the research on that and decided quickly nope i did not want a store i love teaching but then i realized that with teaching i, I began to get so burned out because as yoga teachers you have to teach 20 plus classes just to make a living unless you're in a very boutique studio where you are like their number one superstar. Then I heard of private yoga. So I started dabbling into private yoga and specialized with people with injuries. But then I realized that even with that, there's still that burned out. You're still exhausting. You're still, you know, overextending your time. And I remember at one point I decided, you know, I really, I don't want to do this anymore. I really love, you know, working with a client from point A to point B and help them to see the intricacy of their business. But how can I do this in the wellness industry? And I start looking at my bank account and realize that, well, I was spending so much money <laughs> on yoga not just taking classes, but commuting to teach classes, the clothing I was wearing, what you need to eat in order to nourish your body, you know, the, the, the social aspect of hanging out with friends in the industry. And I couldn't understand, like, as an individual, and thank goodness I hadn't closed, completely closed out my other business at this point. So my other business was carrying all the expense of this so-called hubby, because that that's what it is when you're not paying attention to your finance as a wellness entrepreneur. And I just like, you know what? I, 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 this is crazy. 
this is crazy. This has never happened to me in my life where my hobby was costing me so much. I usually do the reverse where I find something I'm really passionate about and figure out, well, how can I turn this into a business? You know, how can I help others using this? How can I educate others with this aspect? And that's what really led me to sit down and say, you know, a lot of teachers are not talking about the, our financial wellness. And the biggest problem I noticed there in working with my clients throughout the last few years is that the wellness industry has no retirement fund, right? It has none. And that is something that you need to create for yourself. So when I work with an individual as a wellness entrepreneur, that's one of the main thing I tap into is to help them to understand, not only do I want you to create a fabulous, irresistible offer out there, but I want it to mean, I want for it to mean something to you. So I don't just take people into my program and say, well, yes, let's start creating a course. I ask you to go back and sit down and come back and tell me exactly what it is you want. And together we create a plan to help you reach your dreams, your goals. Yeah, and that plan is so important. And we as wellness providers, we, we do a lot out on faith, you know, and but not only does wellness work not come with a retirement, but it also doesn't come with health insurance. And so, you know, you kind of touched on the fact that you were in a space of burnout and you were seeing your finances have an effect. But I wonder if you could also touch on maybe some of the effect that it was having on your physical health being in that space of burnout. You are constantly stressed all the time. You know, in yoga, especially, we talk about the fight and flight system. That system is not just turn on when you are trying uh, a difficult posture and having that fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall on my face. You know, that is something we, we are dealing with constantly every day. And when you sit back and you look at your finance, perfect example, we all, especially as women, we want the perfect body. But in order to have the perfect body, you have to be nourishing your body with the right foods. You have to be getting the right amount of sleep so you have the energy to perform the classes that you want to, right? So when we're not doing that, it leads to burnout. Our body begins to deteriorate. Our mind begins to deteriorate. Then we go to yoga. We take a yoga class that makes us feel really good and we're energized. But it's not the complete fix. Because you got to always go back to why are you stressed? Why are you feeling exhausted? Is it because you're teaching too many classes and not eating the right food and not getting the right amount of sleep or hydrating your body properly? So it's a mixture of different things that cause us to get to that burned out point. And the biggest thing is we are constantly going so you don't realize which one or how many of these factors that causes you to be burned out? Because I, I don't think it's just one thing. Oh, that's so true. And I, I love that you mentioned that the issue of body image, because it's not something that we talk about as wellness providers either. And, you know, a student coming to your class, they are aspirational about how they want their body to look. And they're expecting the teacher in front of them to present in a certain way. And when that doesn't happen, that's just another added stress, right? And it can bring on disordered eating. It can bring on issues with sleep. And that's all going to 
cause her body to fully uh, further deteriorate as well, right? So I'm wondering if you experienced any of those kind of body image issues and how you handled those. Oh, absolutely. So when I started um, taking yoga seriously, I was running a lot and I was very much into fitness. You know, I'm the kind of person that wakes up at 445 and hit that gym at five. And in my younger, you know, days, it would be two hours in the gym because that's what society sells to us that, you know, to have the ideal body, you need to work out two hours and you need to drink all these shakes and you need to do all these things. So yeah, I'm a creature of that. But when I started yoga, I remember I was running a lot. I was in great shape and I love teaching. So not only was I teaching yoga, I was also teaching HIIT classes. And, you know, to teach those classes, you need to look a certain way. You need to have the energy. So I was constantly like just throwing my body here and there and doing what I thought my audience needed because they were looking to look like me, right? And I didn't realize that I was doing them a disjustice. Fast forward a few years into the practice and just teaching a lot and so forth, I started getting like joint pains, my hips hurt, my shoulders hurt. I have an injured shoulder, but it just exacerbates the problem. And I remember like I couldn't sleep at night because my body was aching so much. And that's when I realized like, you know, this is too much. My body needs rest. My body needs rest. And I would also hear other ladies come in and they would have the same complaint. But then, you know, you do what you see other teachers do, well, maybe you should try this stretch. Maybe you should try that when all we really need is rest. Yeah, for sure. And I think that you talked about earlier all of these different elements. So rest is a part of it, but food is also a part of it as well, right? So you're obviously in a much healthier place right now. And I'm wondering, has your diet shifted since you were in those days where you were doing that two-hour gym workout and teaching HIIT classes and teaching yoga classes to now where you're in a different space with your physical output? Absolutely. Um, my, what I did, and thank goodness for the, the, you know, what we're going through with this pandemic right now, because it has really helped me to slow down and own my story. And you know, in the beginning, one of the things I did where we couldn't teach anymore I literally just stopped. I literally just stopped and allow my body to heal and gradually start adding the yoga, the walking back, and not so much of the heavy um, hit workout like I used to. As far as food is concerned, I've always been mindful about how I eat and what I eat. And that stemmed from having issues with my hormones. So back in my early 30s, I would say, I started experiencing hair loss. And for me, it was extremely traumatic because, you know, as a Black woman, as women in general, we pride our hair, right? But as Black women, I feel like it's such a taboo topic when something is going on with your hair because you either want it natural. And if it's not growing the right way natural, we tend to put layers, the wigs, the weaves, you know, the extensions. And for years, I hide behind that, not so much the weaves and, you know, 
but I, I shied away from really digging deep as to what was causing the middle and the back of my hair to constantly fall out. So after a while, I stopped relaxing because I was going to the doctors and it was checked my hormone, my thyroid, my thyroid. And the easy fix was take this medication, it will make you feel better. I'm not a big fan of medicine per se. So I remember being in my late 30s, I started getting these huge pimples. And the doctor would say, well, you know, you're getting older. It's just your hormone. Take these pills. And I remember one pill in particular was black at one end and yellow at the other end. And on top of that, I would get these injections. And the injection would go right into the pimple and it would leave this really white mark. So it started looking really like weird. <laughs> I never felt comfortable or good about putting the injection in my body or the pills would make me like really nauseous in the mornings. I'm just like, I, I need to stop. But I noticed every time I start, my hair would get to a certain length or something would go on in life, I would start stressing and my hair would fall out. So I repeat the pattern. My hair is breaking, maybe it's a relaxer and that had a part to play with it. So I would start braiding. And around probably 10 years ago, I literally stopped putting relaxer in my hair and let my hair grow out. Now, fast forward with the medications, I literally stopped taking it. And I start reading, doing different research as to why your hair would be falling out. And I remember going to the doctor again, and he wanted to put me on Rogaine. And I read up all the side effects of Rogaine and I'm still in my thirties, you know? So it, this was like scary. I am skinny. I thought I was healthy. Why is this happening? You know, I have no blood pressure, no diabetes, none of those issues. So this should not be happening. I'm exercising. But part of the exercise and the food was you buy into society that says you need 101 different vitamins, different supplements. And on top of that, to get a good workout, you need to drink a shake. So you have no idea what you're putting in your body. And that's what I was feeding myself. And it, it wasn't until I stopped. I literally stopped. No, no supplements whatsoever. And I just literally started watching every single thing I ate. And it's making me like teary now. This was very traumatic. It's very traumatic. When you, you have this body of yours and you have no idea what's going on and no one can help you. And as I said, as black women, we're prideful about our hair. And I remember doing my research and looking and just what is healthy eating and realizing that, you know, healthy eating is about you knowing where your food is coming from, taking the time to prepare your meals, taking the time to eat your meals, knowing what food works for your body. And I'm pretty sure I did this for like over a year. And people around me thought I was crazy because I would literally, oh no, I was cooking with five ingredients. If I'm making stir fry, five ingredients, you know, and brought things down to where it was just, this is kind of embarrassing, garlic, ginger, really good olive oil, black pepper, and barely any salt. And that's how I realized, well, you know what? Food is so important to our bodies. 
you cannot survive without eating real food. You cannot replenish yourself, your cells without eating real food. So the farmer's market was my friend every Saturday. Yeah, I think that when we, again, going back to that world behind the scenes of wellness providers, especially those that are working full time, where you're going from one class to the next, you have this pressure to look a certain way, to build a certain amount of muscle. You are inundating your body with supplements, whether you know it or not. And, you know, that's not to say that there aren't folks that are also eating whole foods, but when you're in that go, go, go world, you don't always have time to sit down and actually really eat a meal. And it's a conversation that we don't really have. So I think your story is so important because it is a precautionary tale for those of us who are in this full-time work and think that the shake is going to replace a salad or going to replace other whole foods, right? It doesn't, it doesn't replace. And those, you know, like we talk about omega threes, you know, you do need those fatty acid in your body, you know, and you're not getting that when you're just eating chicken and broccoli thinking, well, okay, this is healthy. This is going to help me. You know, your body does need the right amount of fats and oils in it. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, you know, now on the other side of this, you've shifted your diet, you're feeling healthy, you're feeling like you have a, some control over what's happening in your body, right? What Absolutely. If, what advice would you give to young people or even people who have been in the wellness industry for a while who may not necessarily be aware of the damage that they're doing to their body because they're so caught up in the work that they're doing, like, what would you say to them to kind of help them maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that you had to deal with? It's really slow down. Rest is important. Rest is the number one thing to heal your body. Rest and hydration. Those are two um, key areas. You know, when you think about it, you need water in order to really flush your system out and you need the rest to rejuvenate your body. And the food comes in to give you the energy that you need. Um, I think, you know, reading your labels, knowing where your, your food source is coming from, what it's, what's contained inside of it, um, eliminating, you know, the, the need for constant package or refined foods. And I know this is very, you know, mundane. We, we all know this. But in the wellness industry, we're on the go, as you said, all the time. So it's, what can I reach for the fastest, the quickest? Or someone may say, well, this brand, it's all natural, but you did not prepare it. You did not put all the ingredients in it. So you really don't know if it's all natural. So just be more mindful of those simple things, you know, or water bottles, you know, drinking bottled water, you are putting a lot of plastic in toxin in general in your body, you know, because it's, I forgot the word they, they use for some of these hydration water. No, pure water, get a filter, pour your water through your filter, put in a piece of lemon fruits in it is much better than buying a water that says 100% purified. Because you have more fun. So it's taking the simple steps. You know, I personally don't go crazy with, you know, everything, but I'm 
extremely mindful. So practice mindfulness in everything that you do, I would suggest. Absolutely. I think that mindfulness and critical thinking, anytime you're approaching foods or anything really <laughs> is helpful, right? Because we get a lot of new shiny things, you know, there's yes. a new superfood every month. I would say one of the things also is to be open-minded to trying new foods. This world is so big and, you know, someone may be from a different culture and they're getting their nutrients in the food that they're accustomed to. And that's one of my little secrets is to, you know, we are, we all have technology these days. So find something new, do some research, find out what vitamins and minerals you can get from that new food and go ahead and have fun making it. That yes. Makes a big difference in your diet. Um, I was listening to a podcast and I wish I could remember um, what this guy was saying, but he pretty much was saying like, you need at least 30 different vegetables, you know, in a week in order to really nourish your body. And when I think about it, that concept of it, it's just a reminder that we should not be having, consuming the same veggies week after week after week. You know, I grew up in an island. So growing up on an island, I had a variety of different things. Then migrating here, you know, depends on where you live, you are more limited than others. But still, it's just a matter of you making the time, making food and preparing your meals fun and exploring your neighborhoods to find something that's different and think about it from what benefits can I get from this? Don't wait for the next superfood in order, you know, every food is a superfood. It just depends on how you prepare it, right? Yes. And, and, you know, we forget like the lowly spinach is a great source of iron. So is broccoli. <laughs> like, <Yes. they're, laughs> all food can be good food if you like take the time to learn what it has to offer. Um, and on that note, you, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what does a typical eating day look like for you? What, what's on your plate on a typical day? Oh, on a typical good day? <laughs> um, I love my berries. I'm, I'm, I'm very spoiled. I love my berries. I love having oatmeal in the morning, but I like steel-cut oats. So I tend to do, like, steel-cut oats in the morning um, with some nuts or oatmeal in it. I mean, well, oh, seal cut me <laughs> with nuts and berries in it. Um, I sometimes would do a little honey or brown sugar. And it all just depends on my mood and what I have available. But generally, that's it. I love eggs, but I'm very funny with eggs. I love my eggs from the farm. And maybe because I grew up with eggs from the backyard or something. But there's a big difference. So I tend to, you know, really, I can just do one egg every other day. It doesn't have to be six eggs. Um, that would pretty much be like a breakfast for me. Uh, for lunch, it is whatever, quinoa. My secret weapon is quinoa. I love making a pot of quinoa on Sunday. And for lunch, I know I can have two spoons of my quinoa and I keep it simple my fresh tomatoes, my um, onion, green onions, you know, whatever little veggies, chop it up, put it in there and 
I'm good to go. And dinner is generally just balanced, some kind of meat. Um, I'm fine with potatoes. I'm fine with whatever veggies. And that's it. I, I really am not one of those person that's totally anal about food. And if I feel like, you know, I'm from the islands and I love the way we cook. So if I feel like, well, I need, say I need some Jamaican stew chicken or something like that, I will still make it the traditional way, you know, enjoy it with some rice and some veggies. And I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. So I really try to listen to my body and see, okay, what, what am I craving? You know, there are times I crave spinach with eggs for breakfast every morning. That's all I want, you know, so it, it just varies. Yeah, I, I love that listen to your body advice, though, because your body is always going to tell you what it, it needs, and it's going to give you indicators for how to give it what it needs, right? Yes. So it, it, it comes back to mindfulness yet again, like actually taking the time to slow down and listen to what your body is saying to you so you can respond accordingly. So you know, um, it's, it's like at one point, the whole world is on avocado, avocado toast, avocado toast. And at the end of the day, when you really think about it, how many of us can really go to the grocery store every single week and buy the perfect amount of fruits and veggies that you need, right? It's not always realistic for everyone. So you need to do what's best for you. So another trick is to rotate. So if I'm having broccoli and cabbage and my kale this week, the next, the following week, you switch it up to do something else. If you're buying blueberries this week, maybe it's strawberries next week. Not Try to not put the same exact thing in your body the exact same way. Yep, variety. And, and we have the access and the ability to do that. But I'm also wondering, like, what do you say to the wellness provider who's on the go that's going between like several classes a day, maybe between like different gyms, things are opening back up now. So some people have gone back to work. What are some suggestions that you can give them to make sure that they're keeping their food intake healthy? Preparation. Preparation. And it comes back to that sense of taking care of your financial wellness. When, if you are out there and you're running from studio to studio, you don't need to do that in that way. It's about you really sitting down and planning, well, what is your bottom line? And making time to prep your meals the night before you know you have a long day. Carry a lunchbox. That's what I did. Even as I was doing my transition with cleansing my body, I had a lunchbox. You don't have to be going to corporate to have a lunchbox. It's everything is in moderation and preparation. Yeah, and it does come back around to that financial piece, right? Like yes. when you sit down to do your budget, you also look at how much you are expending for food. And oftentimes when we're on the run and on the go and picking things up, we're actually throwing money away because we're you know, getting takeouts. And even if it's just a smoothie, you're still dropping quite a bit of money on that smoothie. So if it's all very holistic, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where would you say that you are at this current moment in your wellness journey with food and getting your hormones back on track? Um, I would probably rate myself at a around the 75. 
Um, one of the things I notice with my body is whenever I start having breakout, I know that's an indication of something going on. And it could be as simple as I'm not hydrating enough or my stress level is high. As far as my hair falling out, um, that's pretty much under control for the most part. But at some t sometimes I, I think it's also probably superficial because I recently, you know, stopped teaching in a hot studio and I haven't been braiding my hair a lot. So now it's just naturally what, if, what it is. I still get panic attacks when, you know, I'm combing my hair and it's shredding. But, you know, we lose at least 100 strands or so per day. Um, but as far as in my body, I do feel very good. Uh, I could be like, you know, as women, we, we, we have what our ideal weight should be or is, or we desire, you know, I don't feel like I'm at that ideal, what I could consider perfect for me, but that is just me self-sabotaging myself because my skin is glowing, my nails are growing, you know, and that used to be a big problem. My nails would always be like brittle. You know, so if I was to be honest with myself, I should be able to say, you know what? I am at a comfortable eight because my nail is growing. My hair is not falling out. I don't have any breakouts, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm surviving. Let me tell you a quick story. I think it's, this was when I was, I've always gone as long as I can remember. If you have insurance, please go to the doctor every year. And just get your physical. It, it just something it does to your mind. Um, and that's one of my peeves. And I remember, I think it's probably around six or four years ago, I went to the doctor and she called me up after my blood work. And I've never gotten a call from a doctor <laughs> before, you know, because my numbers are usually fine, right? And she said, Well, your numbers are a little bit high your sugar and your cholesterol is a little bit high. So I want you to watch that. And that freaked me out. She said, you're borderline diabetic. And I was like, what? How do I fix this? And her answer was eat more fruits and veggies. That was the answer. And that was a point in life where I realized I had already done the hormone thing and was on track and, you know, feeling good. And ten, we tend to take life for granted once we're feeling good, everything is fixed. So we move back into bad habits. And I, it was a point where I was just very stressed out. I'm not sure what was happening, but it put me right back to focusing on myself. How do I stay healthy till I am 80 years old? And the key to that is you have to pay attention and listen to your body. I went back the following year, did my blood work and everything is back to normal. So a lot of things that happens to us when it comes to our health wise, it's preventable. You know, there is no quick fix. Everything starts and stops with you being mindful about what you put in and on your body, being mindful about how you're using your time. Right, and, and also not trusting the superficial because 
you were in, you know, great physical state, you'd been working out, you're, you know, healthy and and that superficial sense and and we can kind of get caught up in that sometimes, especially when we're exuding what we think we should be as um physical fitness instructors, right? right? But underneath the surface, what we are putting in our bodies, no matter how thin or muscular we are, is still causing harm. It's causing harm. More harm than we re- we actually realize. Mm-hmm. So that caveat, that, that advice about going to get the yearly physical is, is really important one. It's especially for, you know, the older you get. Um, and I just turned 40 this year, so I'm also going to be heading in to get my mammogram. There are things that we have to be aware of as we age as well that are important and that the superficial is not going to tell us. It's not. It's not. It, it, it really isn't. Um, I ha- I'm 47. I feel great. My sister... She's funny. She's a nurse. And, you know, whenever I would complain, oh, there's another, she would say more, less salt, less sugar, more sex. (laughs) I like that advice. (laughs) So whenever I get into that, you know, self-criticism you know stage in my life where I'm like oh my inner thighs my belly you know my arms doesn't look right I I remember it's like you know stop taking yourself so serious and just slow down and you know check your priorities you know how are you truly feeling what is truly going on with us mentally you know what are your desires in your life you know and start from the inside out Right. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And understanding that 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 superficial appearance is not your value. And it, and it's also not an indicator of anything except for what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to uh, wrap things up, even though I'm really enjoying this conversation. I, I, I'm kind of wanting some more tidbits from the sister, but. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, now that you are in a different space, you're, you're looking at this from the outside, what are some things that you're hopeful about for what you see happening in the wellness world as far as people being more aware about how to take care of themselves or people having more awareness about their financial health or, or having like more of a holistic view of what it means to be a wellness uh, provider? What are some things that have you excited One of the things that have me excited is that the wellness industry is beginning to be a little bit more diverse. Let's start there. When I started, um, I shied away from yoga for a long time. And that's because it lacked the diversity. And when I started, the studio that I felt comfortable in, believe it or not, was a Black-owned studio. But a lot of the members were not Black but I felt comfortable because it was a hole in the wall and, you know, it wasn't chishi poo poo. Um, so I like that. I also like, I'm also excited about getting back to culture in the wellness industry. A lot of things that are coming on the market are, is nothing new to the black culture or the African culture or the, um, 
Latin culture. It's nothing new. A lot of these superfoods are foods that people have been eating for ages in their native land. So it's nothing new. So it goes back to when I said, you know, explore food, Google it, find out what it is, make up your own recipe. Everyone is an expert these days. But the thing about it is that you are your best expert. But you're not going to know what works for your body until you slow down and start taking care of yourself. So I would love, I'm, I'm, I'm excited when I work with an individual who is truly ready to self-explore, you know, strip it all away each week, just take something away or evaluate something for one week and see how it truly makes you feel. And it doesn't take a lot of time. As far as finance or the financial aspect of wellness, I really want wellness entrepreneurs to take a look at their bottom line. You know, we are healers. A lot of us are very gifted. And I think we're going through a period where, you know, we are accepting our calling as healers and as leaders. But in order for you to truly heal and to fully enjoy that calling, you need to understand your bottom line. Because there's going to come a point where you're going to be burned out. You don't want to do it anymore. And then what? So don't use all your time just you know, trying to keep up with the shiny objects. And that comes in with the old um, technology air, you know, social media, you know, everyone wants to create a course, you know, everyone has a platform, everyone's saying, come on my platform, I know it best, mine's look prettier, you should do this. You need to do what best for you, right? Um, and in so doing, be sure you're putting away for the long-term. The long-term means relaxation. It means vacation. It means, you know, having a lifestyle that you truly desire. And even as a wellness entrepreneur, as a healer, as a leader, you can have it all. And it doesn't have to be a hustle in order for you to get it. I... I'm just like making notes in my brain of all of those things because they're so affirming. And, you know, the most affirming part of that is that you don't have to hustle to get it, especially if you have a plan, especially if you're being authentic to who you are. You're not putting up this facade of what you think you're supposed to look like. And that includes your body. That includes your presentation on these social media platforms. You're being authentically you and you're allowing that to be your wealth, right? Yes. There is abundance for everyone. There's more than enough. So we don't need to rush to scale in in order to say, well, I've made it, you know? You, you, you're just deteriorating your body. We all have one body, just one. And even as wellness providers, we have to be intentional about taking care of it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, one of the things I learned when I did my teacher's training was, you know, you take these trainings and no matter what field you are, and you take these training and it's the silliest things that stand out. And it was when the teacher said, um, 
masseuse need yoga as much as yoga teachers need massage. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> because I love getting a massage. Even before this, you know, that's one of my pet peeves is to go and get a relaxing massage. So when I think about, you know, the financial aspect of wellness, I think about things like that. That is making time for yourself. That is helping with your well-being. So let's start looking a little bit deeper that, you know, when you are helping someone, whether it's be through a nutrition channel or just your, your yoga practice, you know, you're bending, you're lifting, you're stretching, you're planning, you're constantly thinking about that person because you want transformation for them. But you also need to desire transformation for yourself. And I think that is a wonderful note for us to end this conversation. Although I could sit and talk to you for hours, Cheryl, it's always a pleasure. And um, I will ask if you have any final thoughts that you want to share about anything at this point. My final thoughts would be sit back and reevaluate where you are in your life, your finance, your physical, your mental, your emotional state and truly come to a place of contentment in what you want going forward. We are approaching the end of this year, 2020. Um, we're still in a pandemic. And I think there's a lot of shift going on in general in the universe. But I think it's more of an individual eclipse that we need to look at ourselves and really try to own your skills and your talents and shut the noise out. Shut the noise out. So don't just take my word or Ray's word for anything, but just slow down and be one with yourself and figure out ways to make yourself whole. What do you desire to make you whole? And once you have that answer, then seek help to complete it. So you can find me at Cheryl Jackson Wellness. Um, that's probably the best place to find me. Or if you're a yoga teacher in the wellness um, industry and you need help, I have a Facebook group, the Yoga Business Solution for Yoga Teachers and Wellness Entrepreneur. And what was your other question? <laughs> oh, what am I working on right now? Right now, I am... This week, out next two weeks, I'll be launching a five-day um, challenge. And this challenge is really about helping those who are still having a hard time figuring out what their next move is in this digital era. Um, everything is more than just posting a pretty picture and it's more than just listing a million and one webinars. I'm really about connection. So when you get to my website, Charles Jackson Wellness, and it says, you know, book a consultation. I genuinely mean for you to book a consultation so I can have a conversation with you so I can help you on the journey that you would like to be on. Excellent. And I will make sure that I put all of those links in the show notes so that you all can connect with Cheryl. She is a lovely spirit and I just wish there were like you because it's, it's a delight. It really is to connect with you. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you.
So I had so much fun sitting down and talking with Cheryl. I realize that I say that about everyone, but it's true. Um, and man, I just absolutely love her her groundedness. And, you know, I think that especially now with all of the energy that's like stirring around, especially for our listeners from the United States that are, you know, we're getting through a pretty intense election period and transition period to come. And for people just in general with, you know, a lot of uh, resurgences of the pandemic, we are all needing to take just a moment to sit and be still and figure out what it is that we really want. Um, And then to be in a space of vulnerability, to be able to seek help so that we can make it happen. And um, I think that that's a beautiful piece of advice. It's one that I will be taking myself and um, it's one that I hope can serve you as well. And with that said, folks, that is the end of another interview. I hope that it was helpful for you. I hope that you found some resources here. And as always, we'll have Cheryl's information in the show notes so that you can look her up and get tapped in. And if you want to get in touch with us, well, I should say me, (laughs) uh, here at Black Women in Wellness, our contact information will be there as well. We are wrapping up this season two, and um, I'm still going to put it out there that I would love to connect with some other folks about food and wellness. So if you feel like you have a story to share, um, send us an email or send me an email keep doing that the royal we you know uh send me an email or send a voicemail here on uh anchor and uh maybe you'll be on this season and until next time good people be safe and be well